0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla and each episode, I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind the scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. If you'd like to chat with one of these experts, you can sign up for a free consultation at the link in the description of this episode. But before you do that, let's hear from Ashley Taylor, a former admissions reader from the University of Michigan about how to get in to the University of Michigan. Hi Ashley, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Kayla. I'm excited to be here today.
0: I'm really excited as well. people can tell from the title we're going to be talking about the University of Michigan today. Um, we have a lot of our students that apply here. I know it's a very popular school
1: mm-hmm. and
0: selfishly I wanted to cover the University of Michigan because that's where I went to college yeah. um, and so I thought it'd be exciting. Maybe I would finally understand how I got in because sometimes I look <laughs> back at my application and I wonder how did that happen.
1: Right, um, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, so
0: I'm really excited to have you on today.
1: Of course. Yeah, hopefully I can shed a little bit of light. Um, but yeah, I often ask myself that question too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, awesome. Well, I guess we'll kind of get right into talking about how to get in. Um, Mm -hmm. as many, um, I guess students who want to go to U U of M might know, um, The acceptance rate is around 20-ish percent, but that might be kind of a deceptively high number. I unfortunately know a lot of my friends got um, rejected or waitlisted, and for out-of-state students, it's even harder to get in. So I'm hoping you can shed some light maybe on like the type of students that the University of Michigan is looking for um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of general tips for, I guess, kind of looking good to a U of M admissions officer.
1: Of course. So, I mean, if you look at the admissions rate um, for the various schools and colleges on campus, which um, in total, Michigan actually has 19 different schools and colleges. Um, 14 of those are undergraduate units and only seven are available to incoming freshman students. But when you look like at the different units, you'll find that the acceptance rate is a little bit different depending on the unit that you're applying to. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the talent-based programs like art and design and music theater and dance, those are obviously more competitive because they have that talent component. Um, and then even if you're looking at the differences between engineering and LSNA, you'll find that there's a slight difference there as well. Um, so yeah, that can sometimes like catch students up a little bit because when they're thinking about their school list, they might have some more selective schools. Um, when, when looking at the acceptance rate, they might have those listed as like their reach schools or those goal um, schools at the top of their list. But a lot of times they'll add Michigan to more of a target, depending on what their test scores and grades are. Um, when in reality, a lot of times, Michigan is actually also a reach school for a lot of students, just because mm-hmm. of the sheer um, number of applicants each year. Um, there are approximately 70,000 students who apply to Michigan each year. Yeah, um, yeah. so, you know, even if you are a very strong student, there are particular things that you should try and do to stand out. Um, because quite honestly, the admissions officers cannot admit all of the exceptional students that are applying just because there are so many.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So, you know, kind of to answer your question, I wouldn't say that there is like a set package that will automatically get you admitted to Michigan or to any of those selective schools, for that matter. Um, but some of the things that the students should focus on, who are interested in applying to Michigan, um, are definitely developing their extracurriculars and their leadership. Leadership is a huge component of their review process, um, and you know, leadership can be thought about in various ways. But some some common leadership opportunities might be running a club or starting a club or organization you know at the high school or community level it could be running your own business and, and having um you know some results to actually show <laughs> from what you've done with that business so you know how much money you've raised or perhaps donated and sorts of things like that um but it should be clear on the application that the student is a leader um and that can shine through through the activities list or the essays um And I would say another factor that is really, really important to Michigan is that you're bringing a unique perspective to the university. Um, So that can be like a diverse perspective, like the way that you view the world. It can be a really interesting spin on the major that you're choosing and what you want to do with that. Um, Or it could also be your personal experiences and how you've you've navigated those experiences thus far um, that indicate that unique perspective. But both of those factors are really important.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'll say that I think like being a leader in the extracurriculars, I think is something that I noticed the most when I was at school there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think clubs are so important to students. There's like literally hundreds of student organizations. And I yeah. um, I don't think I met a single person that wasn't involved in at least one or two clubs. So right. um, I think it's yeah, definitely important to show admissions officers that you're going to kind of participate in that culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the best way to indicate what you're going to do um, you know, in your college environment is just showcasing what you've already done at the high school level. So that is why it's just so important to, to showcase those things um, on your activity list.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then as for leadership, of course, University of Michigan's motto is leaders and best. So you of exactly. want to demonstrate that. <laughs> yes, they definitely do. So something I mentioned at the beginning was that for out-of-state students, it's even harder. Um, Michigan, as a state school, um, takes more students from the state of Michigan than elsewhere. So for students Mm -hmm. who are applying from other states or even other countries, is there something to kind of keep in mind about, you know, anything that they can do to kind of um, help those odds that are kind of stacked against
1: them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, well, first, one like misconception is that Michigan admits more in-state students than out-of-state students. Um, and when you look at the selectivity numbers, you know, that's true in a way. It does seem to be more selective out-of-state. Um, but that has more to do with the amount of students applying in-state versus out-of-state rather than the exact amount of students that are actually being admitted. So to Mm -hmm. explain that a little bit better, um, Michigan typically aims for about 50-50 and that's how the class typically turns out. Um, But if you look at the application numbers, 75%, if not more of those applications are from out-of-state or international students. So it does seem to be more selective. Um, In order to stand out as an out-of-state student, honestly, you should be um, highlighting the same components that I just talked about, obviously your academic Um, your academic performance is a huge factor. Um, Mm -hmm. So definitely looking at those median scores um, for SAT and ACT, along with um, the median GPA, which is about a 3.9 for the admitted students. Um, And if you're in par with that, then the next focus should really be those extracurricular experiences, highlighting your leadership and how you will have a true impact on campus, as well as that diverse perspective that you're able to add um, from experiences that you've had in the past or the way that you would connect your major to the real world, like what makes you unique? So um, a lot of times I ask my students to think about um, their major, just you know whatever their major is. Let's say that they're applying to an economics major at the schools that they're they're applying to what makes what you want to do with economics um different <laughs> or distinct when compared to the majority of applicants for that major um, when you mm-hmm. look at your application are you seeing something that you feel like everyone could have written um do you have very general or generic interest related to business or are you letting your uniqueness shine through in relationship to the program that you're applying to? Um, So all of those factors um, are are super important, but I just want students to know that it's not necessarily that Michigan's being more nitpicky, you know, for out-of-state students. Um, It's just kind of the way that it works out.
0: yeah, I think that's a really good point to make. and It's honestly kind of a misconception that I had um, mm-hmm. as a student as well. And even now about, you know, kind of how, how Michigan looks at out-of-state students. So mm-hmm. I think it's good to know that there's just so many other students that you're competing against as an out-of-state student. So you kind of just have right. to be even
1: more impressive. Right. And actually, so the other thing that I wanted to mention um is that you are always being compared to other students from your particular high school Mm -hmm. um so i think that is a um an easier um you know kind of game for people to play to kind of understand what the admissions process looks like um when admissions counselors are reviewing applications they actually are able to see the entire roster of students who are applying from your high school and they're able to see um what those um, academic characteristics are of each student so if there are 20 students applying to michigan from your out-of-state school chances are there will be a select few that that you get in um but it's normally going to be the top of that roster so when you're thinking about yourself in terms of your academic scores um or your your grade or your your test scores or your grades, um, you want to be, you know, somewhere in that top, like 10 to 15% of the class to really have, you know, a really strong chance. And if you're not for some reason, like in the top 10 to 15, maybe you're in the top 20, if you have really compelling factors in your extracurriculars and that leadership piece, then that could also kind of put you over, um, over that like hump. Right. Um, Hmm. but you know, all in all, it really is important that you stand out among other high school students from your school that are applying. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I think Mm -hmm. you're right. It's kind of just an easier way to think about it. I think it's very daunting to think about the fact that you're competing with 70,000 other applicants. Right. Um, It's a lot easier to think, okay, I'm just competing with the other students from my high school or from, you know, my county or my region. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to something else that you mentioned at the very beginning about the different colleges um, and the acceptance rates for the different colleges kind of varying. Um, I think kind of most notorious, at least um, thinking as a student, was kind of the engineering school and um, the school of music, theater, and dance was very competitive. So um, I'm hoping we can kind of talk about what the admissions um, process kind of looks like for each college that freshmen can get into, mm-hmm. um, and how students might kind of strategize their decisions of which college that they're actually going to apply to.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was often a question that I got as an admissions counselor if a student should apply to LSNA or engineering.
0: <laughs> yeah, um. I've definitely had a lot of friends that kind <laughs> of went through that strategy.
1: Right, yeah, and they always wanted like um you know a definite answer like should I do this or this, um mm-hmm. and it really depends. So my response for students that are deciding between LSNA and engineering, um is really that it's not necessarily um more competitive to apply to engineering, but it is a different process, and the, and a strong student for engineering looks a lot different than a strong student for LSNA. Um right. typically the most competitive engineering students would have really really strong scores in math and science um, some of the most important classes um, when you're applying to engineering would be chemistry calculus and physics and typically having higher level courses in those areas so definitely ap um, if that's available at your school or ib um, and then beyond that your math subscore of the test that you take the sat or the act is super, super important, whereas it that score itself might not play as much of a role if you're applying to LSNA. So if your strengths are really in the math and and science um, courses, and um, then that and that is going to shine through in your application, then engineering could be a really great choice for you. Um, for LSNA, they're typically looking for students who are more well rounded. Um, so that doesn't mean that you can't have like a perfect score on the math. I um, mean, you shouldn't apply to LSNA. You still can be like really strong if you're just strong in math. Um, but they also want to see that you just have an interest in other areas as well. So there is right. a, um, there is like a, forget what it's called, but it's like a race and ethnicity course. So the fact that you wanna know more about the world and cultures um, can shine through in your application. There's also a foreign language requirement um, once you're on campus where you have to take four semesters of foreign language. So all of those things should be um, subjects that you're at least interested in learning more about um, and the admissions counselor should be able to see that wide variety of interest or those diverse interests um, through your application. For those LSNA students, um, so yeah, so it really just depends on the things that you've done throughout high school. Do they highlight more of, you know, the, the STEM fields or is it more of um, a well-rounded application where you're interested in the diversity of subjects? Um, and then to answer your other question um, about like the other schools um, and kind of what makes those admission process um, processes different. Um, you will find that the talent based programs like architecture, the school of um, music, theater and dance and art and design. They actually put 50% of the emphasis on that talent component. So either your portfolio Mm -hmm. or your audition are a huge component, less emphasis is placed on your academics, even though you do still need to be um, somewhat strong academically. The talent is also very, very important.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know I've heard a lot of stories from people about like bombing their audition or just being a, what I thought was a really strong performer and then they don't get in. It's a yeah. really
1: competitive area. It is. Yeah. I think musical theater is like one of the most competitive programs in the country. <laughs> and they yeah. don't admit many students at all to that program, but it's really great. <laughs> it's a yeah. great program. To I do. Get.
0: Yeah, I do think that's a really good point about engineering, though. I think one of the most common questions I think that I've heard at least about kind of strategizing your application for Michigan is about engineering, whether, you know, students are worried that if they just apply to engineering, then they might not get into Michigan at all. Um, yeah. And so they're saying, maybe I'll apply to the College of Literature, Science, and the Arts just to be safe and try to transfer and later. Try to
1: transfer, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a really good point. You know, if you have an application that looks like a very strong engineering application, then mm-hmm. it might end up confusing admissions officers. Right. If you do apply to LSNA, they might think, well, why is this student applying mm-hmm. to LSNA? And then mm-hmm. it kind of might ruin your chances that way.
1: It could. Yeah. I mean, if you think about a student who has really high scores, like I said, in math and their um, math and science high grades in their math and science classes, but they don't have like much knowledge in another foreign language or, you know, perhaps they don't speak to, you know, other subject areas. Then they might be at a disadvantage by applying to LSNA. So I want you know students to really think strategically <laughs> before mm-hmm. just you know thinking that LSNA is the easier decision. Um, and I can say that like nine and a half times out of ten, um, if you were not admitted to engineering, chances are you wouldn't have been admitted to LSNA either. Quite honestly.
0: Right. I think it's definitely important to do more than just look at the acceptance rates for both right. programs and make mm-hmm. your decision based on that. You want to think about yourself in the process too.
1: Exactly. And yeah, and that's another, um, that's another conversation that I like to have with students too. Um, you know, it's really important <laughs> to be honest on your applications about your interest. So I, I, I'm not a recommender of students like saying that they're interested in one area when they, their passions are, you know, truly in another just for the sake of being admitted, because mm-hmm. how much stress does that put on a student once they're on campus to have to worry about keeping their grades as high as possible to then transfer to that area that they right. were actually interested in. Um, it makes a lot more sense to be honest. And then, you know, let the chips fall where they, they may and, and make the decision off of where you are. In fact, admitted.
0: Right, because transferring is also a very competitive process. Um, Mm -hmm. Transferring into the business school or engineering is also very difficult and competitive. So you don't kind of want to get risk, want to risk getting stuck in um, the LSA, the College of Literature, Science and Arts, Mm -hmm. because you might, you know, you have to do your um, class requirements like we were talking about, like race and ethnicity. You have to take um, a required amount of foreign language and science classes, which I was not a fan of. Um, (laughs) So if that's really something that you don't want to do, you could end up getting stuck with those requirements and just Mm -hmm. kind of not having a great experience.
1: Yeah, that's really true. In the first year, you actually have to stay in the college you were admitted to the entire year. Um, that's a rule. So you can't, in fact, even transfer to engineering until your sophomore year, at which point you probably will have wasted some of the, um, mm-hmm. like, your credits and, and money, right? <laughs> your parents yeah. don't, don't want to, um, you know, don't want to know that, that you spend an extra, you know, semester or two, you know, with credits that don't apply to your actual major. Yeah,
0: definitely. So I guess the takeaway kind of from that is to just be careful and really think through that decision um, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to kind of strategize which college to apply to. Exactly. Yes. Um, So I also wanted to talk about some of the colleges that aren't um, open for freshmen right away. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the colleges that only accept sophomore or juniors, Uh, But some of them also have something called um, preferred admissions. Um, So I was hoping we could also kind of talk about that process, um, kind of what those colleges are and how students can kind of, um, I guess, work up to getting into those programs.
1: Of course. Um, So the preferred admission process is a way that students can indicate on the common application that although they're not able to apply directly to that school necessarily um, as a freshman, that they would in fact be very interested in transferring into that school once they arrive at either sophomore or junior level, depending on the college and those requirements. Um, so it's basically just an indication um, where your student your or your application is re- reviewed for the unit that you apply to, but then it is passed on to that preferred admitting unit who can reach out to you. Um, and then you would have that connection with that unit. You would be invited to different um, like events on campus. In many cases, you have access to their advising services in that unit, although you're not yet a student in that program. Um, so some of the colleges that, that have that sort of program would be the School of Education, um, also the School of Information, Architecture and Urban Planning, Um, and I'm probably missing one, but the, the most popular is the Ross School of Business. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the Ross School of Business is actually a bit of an exception for the other units that I mentioned. You would simply just have access to, like I said, their advising services and events early, and then you wouldn't formally apply until your sophomore or junior year for the Ross School of Business. Their preferred admission process is actually the. Um, primary way that students are admitted to their school (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so they actually changed this process in the last couple of years so when you were attending and probably uh, well when I was attending definitely and probably as well when you were attending Mm -hmm. um, you either had the option of applying right out of high school to the Ross School of Business or you could apply once you were on campus and they admitted like 50% of their students before and the other 50 once on campus. Um, That has changed quite a bit. And now um, they actually admit 90% of their class as incoming freshmen through the preferred admission process. And the way that that looks is that on your application, you check the box for the Ross School of Business for their preferred admission program, and you submit additional um, supplements. They call it the Ross portfolio. Um, And if you are admitted to your freshman unit, which is typically ls or engineering, then your application is then passed over to the Ross School of Business, who can choose whether or not they would like to admit you as well for preferred admission. And if you're admitted to both programs, you're able to choose if you want to start in Ross, which most people do choose, or if you want to just stick to the other unit instead. And now this is a complicated process to explain. Even in information sessions when I was at Michigan, people would always have questions about this. Um, But that is really the recommended way to apply to Ross at this point, because they save so few spots for students once they're on campus um, nowadays.
0: Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. um, it actually was the old way, um, at least when I was a freshman and sophomore. I think mm-hmm. um, in my last couple years it was starting to change, but I remember mm-hmm. what a big deal it was to be a Ross pre-admit, we would call mm-hmm. them. Um mm-hmm because it was much harder for freshmen to get in um, because it was kind of more split 50 yeah. 50. So it was kind of this really big deal. And if you didn't get in, you'd have to work very hard your freshman year to keep your grades up and to take econ and to do all of these other things to then mm-hmm. um, try to get in. So yeah. it's definitely interesting that they've kind of changed that process and it's mostly incoming freshmen coming. It in. It has
1: now. changed. Yeah, it's changed a bit. Um, so it is a little bit confusing confusing to people who had like a younger sibling (laughs) or older sibling rather, you know, um, apply years ago versus the process now. Um, The other thing they make a note to mention is that they don't um, admit students who they deny. (laughs) Um, So if Mm -hmm. you do apply right out of high school, um, you you don't really have the opportunity to reapply once on campus like you did in the past, which is what you just mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm you would have to select um, one of the programs from the unit that you were admitted to, like LSNA. So a lot of students would choose like economics or statistics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I know that's also a very hard um, college
0: to get into and one that a lot of students apply to. So yes. um, do you have any kind of, I guess, I don't know that you've read for Ross, but do you have any kind of, I guess, specific insights of like kinds of classes students should take or um kind of things to do to kind of prep for applying to Ross if they know they want to go there
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so process is very similar to lsna because as i mentioned you have to first be admitted to one of the other units even before ross will Mm -hmm. see your application um so you still want to prepare in the same way you would if you were only applying to another unit but in addition to that um i would say focusing more on business related experiences and that's not always to me like business classes because it's more important for you to take core math courses um, than it is for you just to skip to like business mathematics. So mm-hmm. I would always recommend maxing out like the calculus curriculum before switching over to only business um, related um, classes. But once you do max out the curriculum in those academic areas, if you're able to take courses in marketing or business fundamentals or accounting, and um, that can be very helpful, um, they're also gonna ask Um, In the Ross portfolio for you to present what they call an artifact, (laughs) um, which is normally like a business related um, experience that you've had Um, Sometimes that can be like a business proposal from a a program that you've you've worked with or your own business Um, but it really is important for you to have hands on business experience and have a real reason for wanting to go into that field rather than just, um, you know, because people told you that business was a great place for you to go. It it should be a Mm -hmm. clear interest that you're showcasing in the application.
0: Yeah. So kind of similar to the engineering school or the more, um, talent based schools that you just kind of need to show that that's actually something you're really interested in.
1: Right. And that you've, you know, Thought at length about what um, what you are trying to learn through business. Like you have some direction at least through, you know, whatever self-studying or um, work that you've done with the field um, at the high school level.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so my last kind of, I guess, specific question about kind of the nuances of the application in the colleges and everything, um, is that students can apply for some colleges to have dual degrees. Um, so one maybe one degree from um, LSA and one degree from um, the School of Music, Theater, and Dance. So I'm okay. just hoping you can also kind of explain that process um, and kind of what that looks like for students.
1: Right, yeah. And this is a little bit less common, um, and it- Only applies mostly, especially during the admissions process, um, for those students applying to talent based units. If you're applying to music, theater, and dance, art and design, or architecture and urban planning, you can also choose to check a box to have your application considered for um, like an academic unit like LSNA or engineering. Um, And in that case, if you're admitted, that really, it separates your application. So your application goes to both units and it's reviewed completely separately in that case. And if you're admitted to both of those programs, then you can choose to do a dual degree. So this comes in handy for those students who are really passionate about art or you know performing arts, um, but they might have some pressure to kind of have maybe a backup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in an academic field, this is a really great option for those students um, because it does, like kind of, um, you know, give them the opportunity to pursue both of those areas at the same time. So that's the most popular use of um, a dual degree. But you can, once you're on campus, if you're a student who's admitted to engineering, you can always elect an LSNA major. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because that's like the less Competitive unit. So LSNA is always a unit where, if you're admitted to any of those other schools, you can have a dual degree within LSNA for one of those majors. Um, mm-hmm. The same thing sometimes happens with Ross students. If they start out in Ross. They might also elect maybe an econ major, and that would be considered a dual degree. But that's not done on the front end when applying. The only time that the dual degree process is um, needed to be considered when applying is if you're applying to a talent-based unit. Right.
0: Well, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a good thing to kind of keep in mind that if you have kind of a couple different passions that once you get on campus, um, a dual degree might be possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend who had a dual degree in computer science and opera, which was very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And ended up taking him a couple extra years because the requirements clashed so much. So I guess that's something to keep in (laughs) mind is it might take you a little bit of extra time, but if it's something you're really passionate about, you know, it is there.
1: It is, definitely. And yeah, that was another very popular question. Like, can I combine this and this? And I mean, honestly, at Michigan, the answer is almost always yes. Like, can you do three majors? I know someone who did three majors. So yes, Mm -hmm. you can. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, how much time are you willing to spend in undergrad, um, Mm -hmm. moving on to maybe your master's or professional program? So yeah, a lot of opportunities are available to you at Michigan.
0: Yeah, definitely possible, just like you said, kind of having to think about how much time you want to spend on all of your degrees and everything. Right. Awesome. Well, um, I'm hoping we can kind of talk more about the application specifically and the components. Um, We've obviously talked about activities and everything, but um, Michigan, of course, has its own specific supplemental Mm assays. So I was hoping we could discuss those and I could hear um, kind of your tips of You know, what good supplemental essays looked like, you know, the kinds of things that students should keep in mind as they're writing.
1: Of course. Yeah. Um, So the supplements for Michigan, they haven't changed in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a very, um, very, very short supplement. It's like a short answer question that asks about an activity that you would like to continue if you were provided the chance. So that's your opportunity to showcase which of the activities on your list is most important to you. Mm -hmm. um, personally, or maybe most related to your career goals. And, um, that gives you a little bit of room to say how you might continue that on Michigan's campus. You know, so for instance, if you were in marching band and that was super important to you, you can talk about the University of Michigan's marching band and how you would like to join that. Um, So that one is, is very short, but the more substantial supplements would be the communities essay, um, which is really just asking for you to explain a community or describe the community that you are a part of. Um, and really, they want to know more about like your role within that community um, and a lot of times students will use this to write about um like their religious background cultural backgrounds sometimes like their group um i would say maybe like academic interest group on on their high school campus maybe a club Mm -hmm. or something that they were a part of but then um i think the goal of that essay is to showcase your uniqueness there so i mentioned that earlier but this is a great opportunity to show that diverse perspective that you could bring. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, this is just an opportunity to do that, to showcase what you feel um, passionate about and what group you feel an attachment to. That's the community's essay. The one that I always found the most interesting and I would say is sometimes the most important, um, after the personal statement is the why Michigan essay. Mm -hmm. And students are probably going to be familiar with this from pretty much every university that they're applying to they're going to be asked to ask or to answer this question in some way but you should be answering why you're applying to michigan and why michigan is a great fit for you very specifically um it should never be an essay where you can just remove the the name university of michigan and replace it with you know northwestern or you know harvard or Ohio State, that was always a joke in the admissions (laughs) office. Um, and honestly, it was funny because sometimes when people do write those essays, they actually forget to remove the name of the school they applied to previously. Yeah. <laughs> so often, you know, we would, we would review an essay that, that still had another school's name, and that's not a good thing. So so keep that in mind as you're writing here your, all of your supplements for different colleges. But this is really an essay that should be completely unique to Michigan. So you shouldn't even have that problem of removing another school's name because the specifics wouldn't be there if you could easily move, you know, um, one school and, you know, input another. Um, So if you're interested again in economics, what type of economics research and professors um, are on campus that you would want to work with and what type of research would you want to participate in? Are there any particular like study abroad programs that you can see yourself doing in the field? What is drawing you to applying to Michigan in particular? Um, And it's really important to, to focus on those specifics so that the admissions officer is able to visualize how you would take advantage of the University of Michigan campus.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is all just kind of making me think back. I can't really remember what I wrote back, wrote for a lot of my essays. I remember one or two. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of making me think. But I think that's a really good point. And I think that's something I hear from a lot of our counselors is to make sure your essay is very specific. Yeah. Um, admissions officers read so many essays and they're going to kind of be able to tell if yours blends in with the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, kind of standard advice goes here of just do your research. Um,
1: yeah. And like really personalize it. Um, you know, it's one thing and it's crazy because as an admissions counselor, you, you review so many applications, like you just said. So, you know, Sometimes students try to be specific but it doesn't come across as genuine. So even taking mm-hmm. that a step further, not just like going to the economics page and seeing what's on the first page and then, you know, mentioning that they have, you know, this first year seminar that you would like to do and this other research that's listed on the homepage, like dig deeper right. so that you're not highlighting those same experiences that, you know, the other 100 students that <laughs> the the um, admissions counselor is reading for economics hopefully you don't have that same essay. Right. Um, so just like dig really deeply into what makes Michigan a good fit for you and, um, and try to, um, try to explain that through, through that essay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. if I can just give kind of advice of I guess what I did through the admissions process. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember one thing I did that I think really helped me kind of decide in the end that I wanted to go to Michigan was, Mm -hmm. um, I ended up majoring in communications, and I kind of knew I wanted to do that um, from the beginning. So, I attended, you know, information session within the major for incoming or prospective freshmen, um, and I also booked a meeting with the academic advisor that um, the students use to kind of select their courses and everything, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get a better sense of the major and how everything worked. And I was able to take some of that information and like talk about it in my application, yeah. um, which is just I a good way, I think, to get kind of information and, um, stuff to put in your essay that is very specific to you.
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, even if you can briefly say that you met with, you know, an advisor and like what you found interesting about the conversation you have with that person, then that adds a whole nother aspect rather than you just like, you know, mentioning a few different things. You can see that you've actually tried to establish a relationship with some people on the campus. So yeah, that was, that might've been the reason that you got in Kayla. <laughs>
0: <gasps> Maybe I did it. I cracked the code. <laughs> Um, but yeah obviously visiting campus of course right now is a bit difficult but there's you know a ton of online resources all of these people have emails if you can reach out to them so Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just an excellent way and like I said I really struggled to decide what college to go to and I think that really helped me in the end so Mm -hmm. just kind of looking out for your future self I guess yeah yeah that definitely um, is good advice (laughs) thank you Um, so lastly, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more uh, just about mistakes, kind of like what you mentioned with putting the name of the wrong school, just to kind (laughs) of, um, give any warnings or kind of talk about, um, things that you saw while reading that, um, you just kind of think, you know, I really want students to know not to do this or just to kind of be wary of, you know, writing something like this or, um, you know, something like that.
1: Um, So yeah, one of my major things, I I guess that's like a funnier story, the one that I just told right about (laughs) not um, remembering to remove the name of another school. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) But then just to kind of recap what I what else I just said, um, it's really important to show why Michigan is a good fit for you. Um, I would say that's one of the things that I found that students Often didn't do. Um, And that's sometimes the differentiating factor between just a strong student and a student that gets in Michigan. Um, You know, just like looking back, sometimes students have everything else, like really strong test scores and grades, and they might be one of the top on that roster um, from their high school. But if it doesn't seem like they really want it to be at Michigan and that Michigan might have just been a backup choice, then chances are they won't get the decision that they might want, or they might be waitlisted. They might not be denied, but they'll probably be waitlisted rather than admitted. So just to kind of, you know, say that just one more time, super important to show that you're actually interested in Michigan. Um, The other thing I would probably say about mistakes, I would (laughs) – take a little bit more time to think about who you choose for your recommendations. Hmm. Cause that can normally, that can sometimes be a differentiating factor as well between good students and students who just are, you know, slightly over the top. Um, it's, It's one thing just to have a teacher write a strong recommendation that's very supportive but if you have any teachers that know you very well like inside and outside of the classroom and that they can speak about you in less generic ways then that sometimes that sometimes is very helpful um to just showcase how strong of a student you are you know and and really set you apart from the rest of the 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 top applicants that are applying so i think students should be a little bit more thoughtful about the recommenders that they choose and then also just asking the recommenders if they would be able to write them a strong recommendation because sometimes there would be really great students but the recommender recommendation letters would be a little dry um Mm -hmm. and sometimes seem that they weren't as favorable so don't be afraid to to ask those teachers if they would be able to write a very favorable recommendation for you. If they say no, then move on to the next person, please. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I think those are all really great pieces of advice because like you said, all the way at the beginning, U of M gets a lot of great applicants and they can't Mm -hmm. accept everyone that's a really strong student. Mm -hmm. So everyone's kind of looking for those small things that set students apart. So Mm -hmm. You know, showing that you're interested, of course, University of Michigan and other schools want to protect their yield rate. They want to make sure that the students they accept actually want to go to the school. Right. Um, and that, you know, they're actually good students all around. So kind of just making sure that all of your, I guess, ducks are in a row and that each part of your application is as strong as possible.
1: Yes. All of those things are super important. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well,
0: thank you so much for being on. I really enjoyed talking about University of Michigan and just kind of learning about it from an admissions perspective. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me again. I had fun.
0: Well, like I said, I hope everyone really enjoyed this episode. As a U of M alum, I was super excited to record this. Um, as always, I'm going to be linking our blog in the description. There's also a blog that I wrote about the University of Michigan um, and kind of how to get in if you're interested in kind of having a written um, explanation of the school. Um, and if you have any questions, of course, my email is in the description as well, um, as you can ask on our social media at Prep everywhere. That's all for now, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.